Today we talk about how do you know that you have infertility? I'm Dr. Mark Amos, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. Now, when you hear the question, how do you know you have infertility? It sounds like a goofy question. I mean, if you're not getting pregnant, that means you have infertility. But it's not as simple as that. And also the definition is not very simple. And so what I want to talk about today is the definition of infertility, but then talk about things of why you might consider that you have infertility. Maybe relying on the definition isn't good enough. Or maybe you've been going through life thinking you have no issues, when in reality there were signs and symptoms that you've always had issues. And so this way it lets you be more aware of it. And then that way you can start the process a little sooner. Or if you have a friend or relative, you can let them know to start a little sooner. So let's start with the definition of infertility. The general definition is the inability to conceive after a year of regular, unprotected intercourse for all couples under age 35. If you are over 35, then it is six months of trying to conceive with unprotected intercourse for six months. Now, what does the definition of unprotected intercourse mean? It means not using condoms, birth control, and things like that. The pull-out method, also known as coitus interruptus, is not a form of contraception. And so a lot of times people think, well, you know, we've been using that method for a long time, but we've never really tried to get pregnant. And this is one of the first important concepts. Yes, the definition is one year for people under 35 and six months for people over 35. But if you've been thinking that you have to try to get pregnant, you're wrong. Matter of fact, Most people get pregnant without even trying. And so as we start with our first concept of how do you know if you have infertility, one of the first things I want to talk about is trying to get pregnant. If you're a couple that only has intercourse, maybe two or three times a month, then yes, you probably do need to time your ovulation with the time you're having intercourse because you're just not having intercourse frequent enough. But if you're someone who's having intercourse at least twice a week, especially if three times a week, then whether you're trying to get pregnant or not, you're going to be hitting ovulation sometimes. And so if you're in a relationship where you think, well, we're not trying to get pregnant, so I'm not worried, but you've had at least a year of unprotected intercourse, then you probably have some type of infertility. Matter of fact, by six months, you already have subfertility. Because most people after just three months will be pregnant. And so if you've even made it six months, you probably have some type of subfertility. And so the important point here is not that you don't have to try to get pregnant, because again, you don't need to. But don't think because you're not trying is the reason you're not getting pregnant. And if you are one of those couples with even six months of having regular intercourse, and you're not getting pregnant, even if you weren't trying, then you may have infertility. 
Actually, a funny story about me is that my wife and I, when we were younger, inappropriately, we were having relations. And, you know, we were using the successful coitus interruptus method. And we thought we were amazing because we knew all these younger kids who were getting pregnant and didn't want to get pregnant. We thought, man, we're so good at this. We clearly have this down. We're not getting pregnant because we have this method down so much. But the problem was later on, we found out we did have infertility. And that's because coitus interruptus has about a 25% failure rate, which means if every year you're doing this, you have a 25% chance of getting pregnant because it fails. Now, at first, that sounds pretty good. Well, 25% is not too bad, but that's a 25% failure rate, which means in one year, three months of those times would have failed, which means you would have up to a probably 50% or higher chance of being pregnant after one year. Now, even here, we're still sticking around definitions. We're talking about not getting pregnant over a period of time. But there are other things that you should look out for that may point towards infertility. Let's start with the men. Men tend to have higher sperm counts when they're younger, and as they get older, it gets lower. So for men, as they get older, especially in their 40s, they can start having some issues. But other things that may point to problems are issues with such as getting an erection. When a man can't get an erection, it could be a testosterone issue. And if the testosterone levels are low, that can also lower sperm count, and that could be causing infertility. So if your partner ends up not being able to get erections all the time or losing erections, it's easy to blame it once in a while on in his head. But there's a point where if it's becoming more than just a once in a while thing, there probably is something behind it. And that something could be leading to infertility as well. Sometimes some men will just have decrease in energy, especially when they're getting in their late 30s and 40s. And if they're tired all the time and this is different, that can also be a sign of lower testosterone levels. Libido is another sign of low testosterone levels. And so if libido is dropping, there may be the situation where testosterone levels are low and maybe looking into that. One obvious cause is if you are taking testosterone, you obviously have lower testosterone levels if you're taking it because your testosterone levels are low. Now, if you're taking testosterone because you're trying to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's a different scenario. But if you're taking testosterone, you can already assume your testosterone levels are low and that could be affecting sperm. And so be prepared when you go to have a kid, that could be a problem. On the female side, if your cycles are irregular, that could be a problem. So for example, let's say one month you get a period on 28 days and the next month at 35 and the next month at 32. That tells us that your ovulation is not regular and that could point to an ovulation issue and that can cause subfertility or even infertility. Other signs are breast discharge. If you notice a milky breast charge coming from your breast and you've never had a baby before, that could be a sign of problems that could be leading to infertility because of what's called a prolactinoma, which is a small tumor that can be in the head that can then cause you to not make adequate hormones leading to infertility. If you have painful periods that are extremely uncomfortable, you could have what's called endometriosis, and that can lead to infertility. Or you may even have something wrong in your uterus, such as fibroids, which can also then lead to infertility. 
even family history of these things should set off an alert letting you know that you may have issues. So if you have a sister or a mother who's a primary family member who either had infertility, had fibroids, endometriosis, there's the potential that you may have this too. Even irregular bleeding in your periods, such as spotting between periods, can be a sign of something wrong in the uterus. Signs of low estrogen may represent early menopause or can represent issues with your hormones. So for example, if you're having excessive vaginal dryness that you've never had before or hot flashes or noticing that you don't become lubricated with intercourse, you probably have lower estrogen levels and that could be a problem. And so if these things are happening, even though you may not have infertility diagnosis at this point, it may be something you should think about. Even jobs can affect fertility. For example, if you work in the nuclear industry or are in the medical field and work around radiation, if you're exposed to too much, it can start to cause some problems. The same is true if you've had radiation or if you've had chemotherapy, because at that point it could affect your egg quality and potentially even your egg reserve. This goes for men as well. If you've had testicular cancer or chemotherapy, it could be affecting things. In the end, yes, there's a definition of infertility. And unfortunately, a lot of insurances will not let you start treatment unless you've met that definition. But for people who have these factors that we talked about, history or potential jobs that might put them at risk or factors where your periods are irregular or your libido's down, all these things may be pointing towards infertility or subfertility. And in those situations, you can make the argument that you don't need to wait one year, even if you're under 35. At that point, six months is plenty. And honestly, there's some people who shouldn't even wait one month if their fertility issue is obvious, such as never getting a period. At that point, you don't need to wait. You're not getting a period, which means you're not ovulating. Just go see your doctor. But for everybody else, if you fall into one of those categories where there's a higher risk of infertility, then I wouldn't wait more than six months. See your doctor by then because something else may be going on and you might as well get a jump start on it. And don't be like me when I was younger, where I thought, man, we're so good at this pull-up method. If you're using the pull-up method and you're not getting pregnant, there's the possibility you may be infertile. And so you might want to look into that after some period of time once trying. If you've been trying for six months and still haven't got pregnant, but you were using the pull-up method the year before, you probably do have some type of infertility. The last part I want to go over is, well, then what do you do? You can either see a family doctor or your gynecologist, and most of them can start the workup for you. What I can tell you is when it comes to treatment, I tend to tell people, go to a fertility doctor. Not because gynecologists and family medicine can't do some stuff, but most of the time they're not doing it that well, and you could be losing valuable time. Hopefully this was helpful for some of you and might be a reflection for some of you looking back on, oh wow, yeah, we showed signs of that too. And if you have a friend who's trying or maybe not trying, but you've heard these things, let them know about this. Have them listen to this podcast. As always, I appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast and everyone who keeps telling people about it. 
If you ever have any topics, please feel free to reach out on TBFT at NewDirectionFertility.com. I'm more than happy to do an episode on that topic. I look forward to talking to you guys next week on Talk About Fertility Tuesday.